straight vittles, but you missed a great, inspiring message from Brother Glenn. Thanks, Glenn, for being here today. Uh, thank you so much for teaming up with your son to write that book, you know, and, and I'm just looking forward to what God's going to do through that. It's going to be a great blessing, I promise you. Amen. Uh, how many of you know that indecision can be a very, very dangerous thing? Straddling between two positions can be very hazardous to your health. A snow skier, I ain't. Amen? But I remember when I was, when I'd gone to Maggie Valley snow skiing, the instructor at the ski lift said, all you got to do is bend down, and when that thing touches the back of your legs, pick up your feet. Well, I sat down, but I didn't pick up my feet. I was straddling between two decisions. I wanted to sit down, but I didn't want to let go of the good earth, amen? And I went flying, amen? Yeah, straddling between two positions can be very hazardous to your health. It's a wonder I didn't really get hurt. But men today especially, I want to talk to you about being willing to stand alone. Being willing to stand alone. Today we're going to look at a man named Elijah who was truly a man's man. In 1 Kings chapter 18 in your Bibles, we find that Elijah is told by God to announce to the evil king Ahab and the entire nation of Israel, he said, listen up, there ain't going to be no more rain until I say so. You see, the people of Israel had turned their backs on God. And they started worshiping a false god named Baal. And so the one and only true God, Jehovah, steps in and he puts all that hogwash to rest. And for three years, not a drop of rain. So after three years of drought, the wicked king Ahab and Elijah meet, and immediately there is conflict. In 1 Kings chapter 18, in verse 16, we find at the end of that verse that Ahab went to meet Elijah. Then it happened when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said to him, Is that you, O troubler of Israel? And Elijah answered, I've not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and started following the Baals. And after Elijah's response to Ahab, Elijah sets up this challenge to prove who once and for all is the one and only True God, and this is what happens in verse 19. Elijah said, Now therefore send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel, the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. And then Elijah began looking around. He began looking around for somebody else that might be willing to stand with him 
but there wasn't not even one. And so Elijah stood alone. And I wondered, what would make a man like this be willing to stand alone in the face of evil and worshiping a bunch of false gods? Obviously, personal dangers didn't matter to Elijah. Ahab wanted to kill him, but he didn't care. Elijah was God's man. He was God's man in God's place, in God's time. Men, do you want to be God's man? In God's place, in God's time. Men, we live in a society where masculinity is degraded and shamed. People don't want to call on men no more to be men. And because of that, we're raising a generation of men that doesn't know what it means to be a real man. When we look at the life of Elijah, we see how we need to man up God's way. Men, young men, if you want to be a real man, you will have these traits in your life today. The first mark of a real man is that a real man is not a passive man. You see, Elijah knew it wasn't safe because he knew the king wanted him dead, but he could not be passive. God's people were turning their back on God, and it was more than Elijah could stand. And so he sets up this challenge. This challenge against 850 prophets of a false god. But here's the bad thing. There were many others. Many others that day that were there that were passive. They were just sitting on the sidelines. Spectators just wanting to see what might happen. And this is what happened in verse 20. So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel. I want you to get a picture of this now. The king of Israel sent for all the people of the nation. Y'all, we're talking about millions of people. He sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and he said, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal is God, follow him. But they answered him not a word. The people of God's chosen nation answered him not a word. But Elijah, praise God, was man enough to stand alone. But these others were so passive, they wouldn't even join him. Now, generally speaking, boys begin their lives kind of naturally aggressive. Would you agree with that? I mean, a little boy is going to pick a fight with a little boy, amen? 
This is imminent. It's coming, right? Uh, they normally are very willing to get involved. They're normally very willing to explore. They're normally uh, have a high desire to achieve and to do well. But in our day, we see an ongoing struggle. In our day, we see that men have become passive when it comes to leading their homes, leading their families. They've become passive when it comes to leading their communities. They've become passive when it comes to them leading their church. Why? Why? Well, it can be traced all the way back to Genesis. In Genesis chapter 3, you remember the serpent approaches Eve with this tantalizing proposition. He says that forbidden fruit is actually the path to life. It's actually the path to godly wisdom. And so he deceives Eve into thinking that if she just will take a bite, she will be like God. And so the stage is set. The stage is set for Adam to get in the game. The, the stage is set for Adam to get involved. And you almost fully expect Adam to come into the picture running with his garden hoe to cut off the serpent's head. But when he's confronted with the responsibility to obey God and to protect his beloved wife, Adam, of all things, becomes passive. What was Adam doing? What was the boy thinking? What was he doing while Eve was being propositioned by the sheer uh, display of evil? Well, the Bible says that he was just standing there standing there watching his wife flirt with spiritual suicide. Watching. Watching. When Adam's moment of authentic manhood arrived, when he was called on to act responsibly, to take charge spiritually, and to protect his woman, he stood there. And men have been imitating Adam ever since. You see, real manhood begins with a decision to reject this incredible urge to be passive. Even when it's uncomfortable. Even in the face of evil. And there in verse 21, Elijah said to the king and to all the people of Israel, how long will you falter between two opinions? In other words, how long will you waver between godly living and worldly living? How long will you straddle the fence between God and the world? And literally, that verse says... How long will you limp 
between two opinions. Here's the reason why. Men, being passive makes you lame. You cannot be a real man and be passive. But a real man is also a responsible man. Do you remember what Adam did after he got caught? He blamed God and he blamed Eve. Genesis 3:12 Adam said, "The woman you gave me, she gave me the food and I ate." He blamed God, he blamed Eve. Oh, don't you feel so sorry for Adam? Adam wants us to believe that he didn't have any choice in the matter. You know what the most common excuse in the world today is? It's not my fault. It's not my fault. No, 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 no. It's my parents' fault. No, it's not my fault. It's my school's fault. It's my boss's fault. It's the government's fault. But it ain't my fault. We want to blame everybody, anybody, except ourselves. Men, I challenge you to accept responsibility. Do whatever you got to do. Pay whatever price you got to pay in order to be the very best servant of God that you can be. No price is too high. So are you man enough to do it? Are you willing to accept the responsibility of being a real man? Time has come to reject the urge to be passive and to accept responsibility for who you are and what God wants to do through you. But a real man is also a courageous leader. Elijah said, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal is God, follow him. Well, you know what the people said? Nothing. <laughs> they said nothing. And when I read that, I look at it and I say, you know what? Elijah was leading courageously whether somebody was following him or not. He was going to do what's right whether somebody was imitating him or not. Listen to verse 22. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Therefore let them give to us Two bulls, let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it in pieces, lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. But I will prepare the other bull. I will lay it on the wood, but I will put no fire under it. And then you will call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire he is God. And so all the people then answered and said it is well spoken. 
So there he was. One man standing against the whole nation of godly people. Y'all get that? One man standing against a whole nation of God's people and 850 false prophets or false gods. How'd you like those odds? Let me tell you something. I love those odds. The reason I love those odds is because standing alone is awesome when you're standing on God's side. Standing alone is awesome when you're standing on the side of right. I love those odds. You see, this world that we live in, it's seen enough fakes. This world is Seen enough weak-kneed, empty-headed, two-faced, finger-pointing, big-talking, no-walking, wimpy-acting, church-playing, godless-living, non-giving, doubting-pouting, gossip-spouting, three strikes and you're outing. I got problems as big as a mountain, cussing on Friday and Sunday morning, shouting kind of Christians. We don't need Christians like that no more. We can do without that kind of Christianity. Why? Because men, that kind of Christianity will not cut it. When the chips are down, you better have something real or you will be exposed as a fraud. We don't take long, does it? Just watch a professing Christian walk through his or her life. And when the waves get big and the fire gets hot, you're going to find out what they really believe. A watered-down gospel won't light anybody's fire for Jesus. A thousand wishy-washy Christians have, will never have the impact of one man. One man on fire with the genuine power of the living God. Thousands can't have that kind of power. So if you're serving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, I want you to be encouraged this morning. You may not have seen the, the impact that you're making, but you're making one. You're being an influence even though you can't see it. But if you're faking it, you know, looking like a Christian on the outside, but inside, you ain't got no power. You ain't got no fruit. You ain't got no influence. If that describes you, please pay attention. God wants to light your fire again. God wants to light your fire again. See, God sees that there's a spark in there. It's just a little ember. But he wants to blaze it into a full bonfire for his glory. So I pray that when we walk out of here today, we're walking out of here on fire. For Jesus. Real men reject the urge to be passive. They accept responsibility for who God says they are. 
but they also lead courageously. But know this, a real man always seeks God's glory. See, in the events that followed the story I just shared with you, those 850 prophets of Baal and Asherah, man, they cried and they prayed and they leaped about their fire and they begged and they pleaded and they did it for six hours. And guess what happened? Nothing. 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 And then Elijah stepped up. He stepped up to that, that altar. And the first thing he did is he dumped 12 huge water buckets on top of the wood. That wasn't enough. He dug a trench all the way around his bonfire. And then he filled up the trench with water. It wasn't just wet. It was good and wet. And then Elijah prayed a 63-word prayer. And praise God, heaven broke loose, fire fell, and consumed the altar and left, lapped up every drop of water that was around that fireplace. What in the world did Elijah pray? <laughs> Man, I need some of that, right? What did Elijah pray? He prayed for three things. First, Elijah prayed that God would be glorified. Second, he prayed that God would show his power and his presence to his people. And thirdly, he prayed that the people would know that God desires his people to return to him. Say, Brother Bill, my, my fire's about yay big. It's not even a match. It's barely an ember. God wants you to be on fire again. See, Elijah didn't seek his own glory. He sought the glory of God. You see, that's what real men do. Real men seek God's glory being a real man, y'all, it's tough, especially in our day. It's tough. It demands a lot of courage. It requires a lot of sacrifice. But listen, real manhood primarily is just living for God. That's what real manhood is. Living for God. Men, listen up. Eye has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has entered in the heart of a man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Oh, he's got so much ready for you. He wants to do so much through you. Maybe you've got to get you out of the way and glorify him. Now, I'm fully aware that no one does anything for nothing. Amen? True or false? Nobody does nothing or anything for nothing. Right? We all get some type of reward out of it. But listen up, guys. If your only reward 
is a paycheck on Friday, you are one pitiful dude. There's so much more to being a real man than just providing for your family. When you begin to get involved in the things of God, you will be amazed how your life will change. Things will begin to happen that you could never pull off by yourself. You're going to start making a difference. Not here, not just here on the earth, but you're going to start making a difference for all eternity. Not just for this little microcosm we call a life, but for the whole realm of eternity. See, a real man loves to give himself. I know a lot of guys like that. They love to give of themselves. But they love to give of themselves for someone greater. For someone greater than themselves. So men, I've got a challenge for you today. And no, I'm not asking you to die. I'm asking you for something greater. I'm asking you for something far tougher than that. I'm asking you to step across this line. I'm asking you to step across this line and give yourself not to die, but to live. Rather than die for your wife, why don't you start living for her? Instead of dying for our kids, why don't we start living for them? Instead of dying for Christ, why don't we start living for him? You might be called to die someday for one or all of those. But today ain't the day. Today is the day I'm asking you to step forward and live. So today's invitation is a little bit different. Today's invitation is focused on the men. And I'm challenging you to come up front during this song and I want you to say to yourself, I'm ready to man up God's way. And if you're manning up God's way and you cross this line, I only want you to say one thing to me. All four. I want you to say, Brother Bill, all four. I reject the urge to be passive. I will act responsibly. I will be a, create, a courageous leader, and I will glorify God. All four, Bill. All four. Just come across up front, cross that line, say all four. You see, it's time for we men to man up God's way. Because if that doesn't happen, the next generation doesn't have a hope. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you that there here is a room full of males.
these males in this room profess their faith in Christ and their love for you. But sometimes it seems, Lord, that we just walk through our Christian lives just being males but not being men. Father, I pray that I won't have to stand alone. But I will if need be. Lord, I pray instead that every man in this room will stand forward, come forward, cross this line and say all four. I want to be a real man. I will reject the urge to be passive. I will act responsible and take responsibility for my actions. I will lead courageously and I will glorify God in all that I do. Lord, I thank you that there are men in this room that I get to partner with to face the issues of life and the issues of manhood in the 21st century. Father, also, if there is one that has never given their life to Christ, Lord, I can't think of a better day to become a real Christian than on the same day they become a real man. I pray your will in your way over everybody in this room. For your glory and your glory alone, let them say, all four. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said.